That's right. It's Jason and Olin. We're back with another exciting episode of Old Fashioned Work and Whiskey. I'm your host, Jason Courtney. As always in studio, our engineer and co-host, Olin Hyde. How's it kicking today? Just hoping I don't screw anything up in this episode. You know, I think we will do just fine today. Today's been a good day. We're off to a great start. It's, you know, we're we're uh, halfway, I don't know, how do you count summer? Do you count when it gets hot or do you count when the calendar says summer starts or do you count when the schools get out? Uh, schools get out. We live in Florida. Okay, so we then we're just seasons. right in summer. Yeah, we so. just started summer. Yeah. So, you know, it's going great. Good. Well, we have some St. Cloud Kentucky bourbon. It's a 13-year uh, aged bourbon. It is bottle number 93. Uh, the barrel name is Medusa. Ooh. Yeah, and then it is a higher proof. It's a 127 proof. I'm very excited about this one. I have not tasted ahead of time like I normally do. You I, made the drinks I think today. the last few times you haven't. I don't know if I've influenced you, shamed you, or if it just worked out that way. I think it's because you made the drinks today. Is it? If I had made them, I think I would have tasted You'd it. You'd like to sip it as you make it? Well, I don't want to serve a bad cocktail. I, I don't care. So. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna lie as i was making these i poured a little extra bourbon in and i was like we might want to add a little more simple syrup to yeah because we're a having a little them. proportional adjustment as old-fashioned i did have my, a, sel- a second filthy cherry for myself think, did you put two in mine no it's like one and a half they were kind of fused together oh, okay i think yeah. they're getting really cold in that refrigerator yeah so but we're we're really excited we've got the saint cloud here and it is straight out of kentucky they have a 13 year and a seven year aged uh as well but we got the 13 year it's another bottle that i picked up while visiting chris middleton up in indianapolis so i'm uh, i'm excited it's got a good nose out of the bottle it does even as the old-fashioned it smells pretty good let's, let's get a not bad here we go You know, even though I know this is a really heavy pour, it's still really smooth for it that is. proof. For that proof, it's a heavy pour. It we um, did you did right on the uh, simple syrup there. We, the the second splash you you know you recommended I think played out well. I think it. Do you have my you have my two cherries and I have your one and a half. Is that what it is? Yeah. Because I thought I was like this looks like two cherries, but it is. You got mine. I got yours. It's okay. I get to eat them all at the end because Olin doesn't like to eat I don't. The cherries. I like the flavor and I like them in there. Just don't like to eat them. So today we are going to talk about failing. Failing as individuals and as a company. You mean we fail? We do. Both individually (laughs) and as a company. (laughs) Absolutely. I I fail all the time, probably daily, multiple times a day. Um, I mean, we spent an hour and a half this morning going through a few failures. Guys, if you know me, I am not. I'm not the best when it comes to high detail, and that's what I have to do as the CFO. I have to make sure everything's done right. Well, now that I've handed off part of the uh, responsibilities there, I completely checked out. I'm like, yep, she's going to do it. As long as the monthly reconcile happens every month, we're good. And it does. So I'm like, all right, we're good. And then Olin starts looking through the uh, the balance sheet and the and P&Ls. The budget, yeah, the and P&L and and he's like, what? What, what the heck is this? Why is this here? I don't know. <laughs> a few of the questions real real simple. It was, hey, let's move this. Yep. Make sure we don't keep doing that. And then there were a few that none of us 
could figure out. <laughs> yeah, it took a good hour to figure some of those things out. So we do fail. But what we, and I mean, so we've had several failures this last couple of weeks, you and I, so Olin and I have a same page meeting every Wednesday, two o'clock. We go down to our favorite cigar bar here in downtown Pensacola and enjoy a cigar and a, a bourbon and talk about what's going well, what's not going well. Are we on, you know, same page? Are we together in what we're trying to accomplish? Yeah. Cause it's real easy for us to miss each other and actually be going almost opposite directions in the business. And so that's our, our weekly reset to make sure that we are in alignment as far as it goes with uh, everything, budget, operations, sales, you name it. And it's on the board there. Yeah. And so we talked through and guys, if you know me, I hope that, you know, I'm a vulnerable person. I don't mind sharing our failures. I, I definitely don't mind sharing our successes, right? I have to have to check that pride sometimes because we we do have success and but it does come with failures as well. And uh sorry guys. Here's a failure right now. <laughs> he told me if I touched the mic during the recording he was gonna stab me and I touched the mic, so I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh you know, we we had a van that a um we had a inspector using going out and checking accounts during the day. Well, just a regular passenger van. Yeah, yeah, town and country, and she retired, and we just didn't need that van anymore. We needed something a little bigger for our floor crew. Yeah, they couldn't fit all the equipment in there. They needed to haul, so they were making multiple trips. So we decided, hey, we're going to trade in the van. Well, we go to trade in the van. I'm buying the van. You're actually out of town because you're doing a training for corporate down yep. in uh, Leesburg, the villages. The villages. <laughs> um, Interesting place. Yeah. Golf cart community. And so we are, we're training in the van and he's like, hey, I need your insurance card for the van for you to be able to drive off with the new van. And I'm like, oh yeah. And so, well, I go check in the glove box. It's not there. I check online it's not there i call kc she's like we don't that's i don't think we own that van like she didn't even think we own the van she thought the <laughs> the, the other person the, owned it the lady that drove it owned it and we're like i'm like no we like i paid for that van i remember taking it was like an eleven thousand dollar check we took down there well come to find out it was a miscommunication right so we have we have a an insurance agent. insurance agent that is getting us ready to requote for august which is our renewal and Olin was saying, hey, let's take off the truck and the van. We've traded those in, and we don't need those insured anymore. Yeah, he uh, was come, asking, come do, we ha August. do I have everything right for the quote? And I was like, well, no, you can take this vehicle off because it won't be on the new quote. And he thought, like, oh, I'll take it off as of today. So he sends a response that, hey, this is effective as of today, and Olin missed it, which is fine, right? Like, So one of the things we talked about yesterday is I don't – you know, a lot of people, and this isn't just in our organization, this isn't all organizations, they're so quick to push the blame onto someone else. I don't as much care whose fault it is, as long as we figure out why it happened and what we can do to prevent it in the future. When that comes back to talking about failure, and our first point really around that is that failure should be expected and it should be okay as a culture item in, in the organization. Like failing should not be this... Uh, I don't know how to say it. Like, you oh my God, be, we, yeah, yeah like we have to be, be perfect. Yeah, yeah. You don't want it to be that there's a, a fear of failing. Like people are going to lose their jobs or get fired or laid off or. Yeah, nobody wants to walk around on pins and needles. Right. But there should be a, an expectation of, okay, let's talk about how this failure happened and how we're going to make sure that we don't 
repeat that in the future. Yeah. And, and for this specific example, example, we'll talk like, so my concern wasn't that, Hey, this happened. It was, there was a lot of liability. So we drove it for about two weeks without insurance and granted our insurance probably covers us for, for uninsured motorists and things like that. So we were probably going to be okay, but I don't want to take that to chance. Yeah. It's not a risk you want. Yeah. We got a lot riding on that. So if something would have happened during that two weeks, we could have had a huge liability that we have to worry about and all because we just had a miscommunication and missed something. So it's one of those, okay, we've learned from this mistake. How do we make sure going forward that we, we get better at it? And now we're going to audit quarterly to make sure all the vehicles have their insurance cards in them. We're going to make sure that all the vehicles are listed on the insurance, you know, things like that, that they just happen, right? I mean, I think we've got seven or eight company vehicles at this point. Yeah. And as we get bigger, there's the bigger opportunity to make more mistakes. But if we catch them while we're young and put systems in place. As we add more office staff, more managers out in the field that are driving the different cars there's so it's not even just i think it raised the flag of not only hey this vehicle wasn't on the policy but not only that you were looking in the glove box for the card and it wasn't there so if our employees driving it (laughs) they can't provide it right yeah that's also a problem and so it was like we not only do we need to audit to make sure that our insurance coverages are set correctly but we need to audit the glove boxes essentially and make sure that vehicle registrations and that insurance cards and all any any other important information that someone driving in a company vehicle would need is there and available for them yeah absolutely and so that's just one instance like i said we talked earlier about some of my failures as a cfo and not making sure everything is right where it needs to be in the budget or even making sure that the budget is right for the year uh you know so mistakes happen it's it's about owning them and then just getting it corrected and and making sure we're good going forward so i think we've beat that horse to death now like right we don't we don't we don't have to talk about fixing the mistakes anymore what what do you think people are so afraid of the mistake for like is it something that we've brought up in the country is it i think so it's i think it's very much an american identity that not only are we supposed to be hard charging and growth and have the business mindset, right? That anybody can start up a business and live the American dream, right? And be successful. But inside of that is the fact that like, if you fail, then obviously you as an uh, individual person weren't up to the, the standard, right? That you couldn't, you didn't have the knowledge or the skills or, you know, fill in the blank. And so people, I think internalize that and look at like, well, if I fail at this activity or this project, then that means personally me as an individual is a failure because we have that mindset in america like you don't need anybody you don't need uh help from anyone we should be able to accomplish everything on our own and that real independent mindset i think comes into that and it's wrong especially at an organizational level to think that a business is going to be perfect and is going to be flawless um and in fact i think this you know points to there are companies that had quote unquote failures that ended up turning into huge successes. And the one that I think of first and foremost is the post-it note. The glue on the back of the post-it note was a failure. There was a scientist that was trying to create a glue that was sticky, but not too sticky for a very specific purpose. And he created that one, which didn't fit what they were searching for. So it was a failure in that sense. But he was like, you know, this might have a purpose somewhere else. 
So he stuck it on the shelf. And then all of a sudden, somebody was like, man, I really wish we had some way that you could have a piece of paper that you could stick and take notes on and be able to pull off and it wouldn't ruin the piece of paper. And he, the light bulb ding, came ding, on. Ding, 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 we <laughs> oh, have a winner. <laughs> wait a minute. I did have this one failure that might fit this perfectly. And so as an organization, sometimes when you're trying to grow and you're trying new things, like failure should be an expectation. Yeah. And so I think, you know, people are so afraid to, to fail based on certain responses, right? So you see the way certain people respond to the failures and, and it just discourages it. So I personally am a pretty even tempered person until you piss me off. And then it's like, oh man, is this going to be, a over the top. is it going to be an explicit episode now? No, not yet. Okay. You haven't said anything yet. Well, I said the P word. Piss? Yeah. Oh, actually, that was a, you know, side note, rabbit trail for the audience out there. That was a question asked recently on Facebook, and they said, it might be in the UK, but in the United States, piss is not considered an explicit Perfect. language. Well, until you piss me off, and then I am, I am out of control, right? Like, I lose my temper. I'm going to get loud. I'm going to get direct. And sometimes I can even get hurtful. Like, I'll intentionally try to... Yeah. Just cut your your heart you know because that's that's and it's not i'm not bragging that's not what i want but that's what happens but it takes me quite a while to get there but uh so we we talk about this in the office from time to time i have this uncanny ability to say <laughs> almost the wrong thing all the time uh so we came in monday and uh i won't say names because i don't want them to be embarrassed but uh, an office administrator of ours um, I just didn't like, didn't look as put together as normal. Right. And so I'm like, are you hung over? Like, did you have too much to drink last night? <laughs> she's, she's like, no, I like <laughs> looking at me, <laughs> looking at and, like, why would you think that? <laughs> and everybody like Casey and Olin, everybody standing up around me, just, you know, like looking at him, like, I can't believe you just you? said that. <laughs> and she's just like, you know, no, no. And like, I just go on about this. Like, so the way that I say things, oftentimes people are like, I can't believe you can say that and get away with it. And some people account it to me being the boss. And I like to dispel those rumors. No, I think it's more of like the Kramer effect. I'll say that. Not what? that that's a real thing, but I'm no, I'm I'm creating no, it right now. It's not. That's it not is a real thing. Is. Kramer was just clueless. Yeah, no. Mine so I'm I'm talking clueless. about Kramer from Seinfeld for everyone. I know we have a few younger listeners who may never have watched this show, but it's uh, from the show Seinfeld and Kramer's a character on there and he is just over the top about everything. And he says whatever is on his mind and people do not get upset with him about it. But it comes from a place of love. Like she knows I was not saying, hey, you look like crap today. She it was like, hey, I'm concerned. Are you OK? Like everything good? Like she knew the heart. Are you hung over? <laughs> do you need some Tylenol? Right. Like I cared. Can I get you a glass of water? What can I do to help? Like. I am a caring individual. Now, it doesn't always come across that way by the questions that I ask. Oh, yeah. But people know my heart at this point, especially those that are around me. Now, perfect stranger, yeah, I probably get some side eyes and some <laughs> bows and people wanting to throw down. But for the people that know me, they know that it's a genuine care and concern about things that they're normally, you know, doing, like, dressing I, up or i think that is a kramer effect like kramer i don't think ever said anything out of an ill intention right it was just i see this this is the truth this is my observation and here it is right and he didn't care whether or not you took it well or not it was just 
I'm speaking this truth out there for your benefit. I wish I could slide into a room like he does. (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't seen it, just like YouTube, you young kids out there, Google YouTube. Kramer on Seinfeld. Kramer on Seinfeld. And I guarantee one of the first videos is him sliding into Jerry's apartment. So what was your favorite episode of Seinfeld? The, uh, The reservations, probably. Okay. I would say mine is the chicken place. See, the chicken place, I just... I felt like it was too scripted. I feel like a lot of the episodes are unscripted. And just <laughs> crap just happens. But I felt like that was really scripted because they switched places and everything. But yeah, just the, the reservation scene as a whole is probably my favorite. <laughs> so you can take a reservation. You just can't hold the reservation. Like I can see it clear <laughs> as day. I think you had an experience with that, right? Oh, man. Which time? Yeah, I think it was a rental car specifically recently right because of the whole rental car shortage and you had one reserved and they were like sorry mr courtney we don't have that for you was it indy i think so yeah i went to see chris and so he had to drive down and get me and then i drove one of his company vehicles around for yeah, the week so that's right but i so because you were saying how small his company cars were <laughs> <laughs> but thank you chris i'm appreciative uh so i did so we're going back for the fourth of july i don't know if this will air before or after that but uh right around the, it i think for the fourth of july uh, my brother-in-law and sister and i were going up for vacation to stay at his lake house and instead of relying on a rental car which i normally do i am trying the new uh app called toro i've not heard of this so it's it's like Airbnb, but for your car. So I have a friend, Douglas and B, who, if you listen to this, shout out. He's a great realtor. He uh, he's bought or he uh, helped me buy my house and and has just been great, a good friend through church. But uh, so he has gotten in on this, and I think he owns three or four now that he just rents out. So it's an app like Airbnb, and you can just rent your car out daily, weekly, however. And you know, there's different insurances and stuff, and you have to prove that you can drive and have a license and insurance and stuff like. Like that but it's hmm. it's just like so i'm gonna be renting a guy's truck up in indianapolis it's so a is it like 1500 a, like a keyless car so that your phone no so he'll meet with us we'll do a walk around of the vehicle similar like you do at a enterprise enterprise or... yep and then you know so that's the inconvenience part of it for the the rentor is that you've got to go meet them but some people charge a delivery fee some people include it depending on how close it is things like that hmm. so Interesting. Yeah, cool new little app. If you haven't heard of it, so Toro. It's democratizing the rental car business. Absolutely, it's uh, it's a disruptor, right? So yeah. those are. The, I mean, it's going to be a success for sure. Um, okay. All right. So sorry for that little rabbit trail, everybody there. But yeah, so failing is important and in, in so many is ways. Important, right? Yeah. Like so, if if we fail, which we do, like we talked about just a minute ago, like if I lose my crap every time. Everybody starts walking around on pins and needles and they're scared to do something because they might make a mistake. I would rather you do something and do it wrong than not do anything at all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And or it makes cover-ups begin to happen as part of your culture because Mm -hmm. if you are a boss that every time somebody screws up, yells and screams and rants, then people are going to be more apt to hide that. They're going to say, well, I don't want my boss to find out I screwed this up. How can I cover it up? How can I keep it from him? And that is not good for an organization that, you know, that's a really unhealthy thing to start in an organization. 
So I want to spin off for just a second. I know we just got back from a rabbit trail, but uh, we we are an unsponsored show. We don't we don't do commercials, so this is right. an unpaid advertisement. We pay for our whole everything. Yeah. yeah. So this is an unpaid advertisement for a loyal listener and friend, uh, Eric Seely with the Seely Sauce Company. He had his. Uh, First order of original small batch hot sauce come in, and it is available. So if you want to reach out to him, it's sealysauceco at gmail.com. S-E-A-L-E-Y sauceco at gmail.com. And you can look him up on Facebook, the Sealy Sauce Company. Um, I've had some of his small batch, and it is delicious. Yeah, we talked about him a couple episodes ago, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, hopefully we'll be getting up for lunch or some golf here soon. Um, but you know, just excited for him. This is his, uh, his business endeavor that he's taken on. And, uh, so we wish him all the best and thanks for listening. And, uh, so failing happens, right? Responses to failing happens. It's all about how you choose to do those things. We, we try to be a little light handed here. Like we're not smiting the almighty smiter. Like we're, we're, Hey, look, it happens. You know, let's, let's fix it and let's move forward. Yeah. I would say we're really good about hey, we failed, but why did we fail, right? We analyze it so that we prevent it from happening in the future. But similarly, you know, I'm, we bring this up several episodes, uh, but I'm a horticulturalist, and so I like the phrase, you compost your failures for future successes. And so that's part of the analyzing and part of the how do we put things in place to make sure that these don't happen again in the future. So we want to, the expression you like is fail forward, yeah, I don't know if I'm proud or like disappointed in that saying for comp- failing forward. No, the compost- oh composting. Yeah, compost your failures for future success. Future success. That's I like cheesy, it. but it's. I mean, you're a plant guy. You would. I am. Yeah. Right. I'm not a composter. Nope. You guys Everything goes several, in the trash yep, for you. That's yep. right. That's we have right. three. We have three I compost. Com- I compost at the county uh, landfill. So <laughs> I don't think it composts there. <laughs> So, well, great. I think, I think we've kind of gotten through our topic of failing forward and making sure that, you know, you understand it's okay as long as you learn from it and improve, right? We don't want to repeat multiple. That's, that's when we get into an issue when we're repeating failures. And I think we would love to hear from everyone. Where was a time where you failed and it really taught you a lesson and you made sure going forward, like, Hey, I'm never going to repeat this failure or, how does your how does your organization either encourage or discourage failure? So I want to I want to extend this just a minute because that's a great point. I didn't even think we should do that. Do you know off the top of your head your greatest failure and or maybe the what you learned from one of your failures like that sticks out right now in your head? Oh man, there's so many uh, to right. go off the cuff here, but I'll pick real quick. One is that there are always two sides to a story having been a pastor and then in management you'll often hear a complaint that's hey this person or so and so or this situation happened and here's what needs you know here's what i want you to do and so before ever being like oh man i'm gonna jump on that i'm gonna take care of this it's like well okay let me ask you a few questions and then go and ask the other side and then usually it's like hey there's side a and there's side b and then in between there's the truth yeah so for me uh and i think i've probably told this story before not on the podcast but definitely tell it out and about so 
it was we were managing the Durnford building. I worked for Mark Charles at the time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, the building manager's name was Frank. Frank was a no crap kind of guy. He, you know, was hard and fast, and he expected you to get stuff done. Well, there was a, a, a pipe that burst in Virginia College, and um, flooded the carpets and stuff on the first floor. Well, we went through and we extracted the carpets for him, and. He, uh, he said, did you get underneath the filing cabinets? And I said, no, the filing cabinets are, are the fire grade. They're really heavy, so they don't allow moisture underneath. Um, had no idea what the heck I was you, talking about. You were BSing. And he called my blood. He, I mean, I, I wish you guys could meet Frank. He was, he was a great mentor to me, taught me a lot about managing, and he turned as red as that cable over there, Olin. He, I mean, this four foot six man just—I thought he was going to lift off into outer space. He said, "You're BSing me, and I know it. If you ever try to lie to me," he said, "Jason, it's okay to not know. It's not okay to BS your way through a situation. The yeah. next time you don't know, say, hey, Frank, I don't know. I'll find out, and we'll make it right.'" And yeah. I, I've taken that advice, and I've tried to use it going forward. If I don't know, now if it's like a fun, you know, banter thing between you and I, yeah, I'll fake it till I make it. But if it's a serious situation with a customer or something I don't really know, I'm, I'm I, I don't know, but I'll find out for you. Absolutely. You know, so that's the one that sticks out to me. You know, the the two sides to every story sticks out for you so yeah if you'll uh, reach out to us on facebook at old-fashioned work and whiskey you can reach out to us on the the gmail at old-fashioned work and whiskey at gmail.com and we'll talk to you soon jason and olin signing out <laughs>